Hi guys, and welcome to the Lifestyle Design Secrets podcast, where we talk about fitness, nutrition, mindset, and a whole lot more. Thank you for everyone who's listened to all our episodes so far and taken the time to leave a review. If you do enjoy this episode and want the free content to keep on coming, please do take two seconds to leave us a five-star review. Thanks again. Now let's dive in. Hi guys and welcome back to the podcast. So today is going to be a solo episode because I have lots of fun things to talk about. So we're going to start by running through my holiday, saucy starter and some real life insights into what we got up to, how I managed holiday challenges and even where I suppose let myself down a bit but sort of knowingly. Um, Then we're going to move on to a main course, sharing some insights into Shannon Thompson's journey. So Shannon is a journalist currently around three or four weeks into my 12-week program, and she's just written an article entitled, No Time for Excuses, But Maybe a Meringue. So I thought that was really interesting. Some of her insights will be really helpful for all of you. And then moving on to the delicious dessert, I'll run you through um, one of our brand new guides that we got online, which is a five-step fat loss framework. And I wanted to run you through that because a lot of what I've shared recently, um, Paula has been commenting on it and agreeing with it, that once you kind of have the tools, you can be a little bit more free with your time, with your holidays, with eating out, knowing that you can always make a comeback. So let's start off (laughs) saucy starter and my holiday so to give you a little background we had four or five days in melbourne with some incredible friends very boozy friends sorry guys i'm throwing you straight under the bus um but that is not your fault at all (laughs) i'm just as bad um so what we got up to was we went to melbourne to watch the rugby which was absolutely incredible um we arrived went out for dinner I think I drank more than I did, you know, some weekends at university, but that's okay. Um, We had an absolutely incredible time. We ate all the delicious food. Um, We went on an incredible wine tour to the Yarrow Valley, um, Yarrow Valley, sorry, which was really, really interesting and really, really exciting to get out of the city. But for the majority of the time, we were in um, the centre of Melbourne. So right in the middle, right by the South Bank. And gosh, we were surrounded by some incredible restaurants and bars. Um, We had a McDonald's within a couple of hundred metres. And gosh, the food choices were out of this world. So we didn't have a supermarket close by, but we did have kind of a 7-Eleven um as mentioned at mcdonald's a casino we had all sorts so the really interesting thing i wanted to share first is how your environment can impact your nutrition and your health um so i would see people uh running up and down the south bank every morning which was really inspiring to see and but we also saw people coming out of the casino at 6 a.m So really, really interesting. That's the kind of opportunity that you don't really have living somewhere like Cromwell. Um, So although we were 
relatively well behaved. It was really interesting to witness everyone else's behavior um, and them interacting with the kind of consumption spaces in Melbourne. So my own personal downfalls, I would say it was really interesting. So when you go out and I'm pretty mindful about what I eat and drink, I made some really good choices, stuck to really good protein and fat sources and didn't really eat much apart from some delicious pizza um, and some chips uh, that was kind of outside the norm of what I'd usually eat. But what was interesting, and I know this to be true, so I did go into it knowingly, is once you have a few drinks in your system, even if you stick to non-sugary forms of alcohol, it actually lowers your blood sugar. So that's one aspect along with the lack of inhibitions that can then make you want to eat more. Um, so I definitely ate more volume-wise than I would usually. And I kind of going into that knowing that was okay. So I'd done a little bit of work in the run-up. I was feeling good. Um, and knew that I'd probably eaten drink more than I should. And I think we all did. It's slightly what holiday is all about. <laughs> um, but it was interesting. So what we were surrounded by was, as I mentioned, McDonald's, a lot of other fast food choices, um, Uber Eats, all those sorts of city indulgences. Um, so I thought that was interesting, being close to all those aspects versus what I chose. And although I might have been beating myself up for eating a phenomenal amount of deep fried calamari, there's still um, some interesting choices when I look back in hindsight. Things like having bacon, eggs and mushrooms for breakfast in the morning, um, even if that was for the breakfast bubbles, <laughs> um, not having an enormous breakfast or not deciding a McDonald's McMuffin was the way to go. It's really, really little minute details like that um, that kind of keep you feeling good along the way. So even if you do feel like you're being a little bit more indulgent than normal, choosing well the majority of the time makes a massive, massive difference. As you may be guessing, I'm absolutely no angel. So um, being, quote, good for the majority of the time, um, does keep me feeling good and um, when I want to indulge the rest of the time. Yeah, so I guess that's a little insight into my holiday. And even um, I think Scott would agree, we then went up to the Sunshine Coast. And again, we chose really well, had delicious breakfasts, quite often fasted by accident until lunchtime, which is absolutely okay. Sometimes your body just knows what it needs to do. So if you're not hungry, you don't need to force yourself to eat breakfast. So sometimes we didn't eat until midday. Um, I ate a lot of bunless burgers, to be honest. That was my go-to and that was one of the easiest things to order because so often when you eat out and this holiday was a reminder, the salads are actually full of noodles or rice or quinoa, even if they're full of lots of other delicious goodies um, that can be quite heavy. So actually keeping it simple and choosing something like a bunless burger where it's meat, a little bit of cheese and some salad um, can be a really handy go-to option. We also had a couple of incredible dinners out that actually made us, they were amazing at the time, but actually made us feel pretty rubbish afterwards. So um, we went out for Greek food because I love Greek food, but it was a five course menu 
and gosh, we could barely walk afterwards. So I think although we enjoyed it, we were both sat there feeling stuffed and going, ooh, not actually sure we would do this again. So I suppose an important part of this message is that no matter the choices you make, make a note of how they make you feel, and then you can always choose differently next time. So on to our main course and to Shannon's journey. So the first two weeks um, went really, really well. First two to three weeks. So she started to develop a rhythm and was really good. I've got her article right in front of me here for anyone watching the video. Um, what she encountered in the first couple of weeks, she was down four and a half kilos and 13 centimeters. So really quite significant. She did incredibly well. And I was quite honest with her, which made her laugh. So it made her work colleagues laugh anyway. And I think it made um, Shannon cringe a little bit and go, ouch, um, to quote her article. Um, she says, much to my indignation and my workmates' entertainment, Amy was straight up and suggested that maybe that was an excuse and that I need to start readjusting my priorities. So one of Shannon's biggest challenges, like many of you, is actually a really, really busy work schedule. And also, you know, having a family to look after, having a family to look after and to feed, and then additional commitments. So out at events a lot and eating out. And so Shannon says, week three, well, the wheels fell off. My first mistake was not doing a food shop and prep at the start of the week meaning I was not prepared for meals. I got completely into my own head, doubting this would work for me. I believed it would work for everyone else, but not me. And that's a really, really important message. So first of all, food shopping and meal preparation. It sounds so dull and it sounds like something bodybuilders do, but I think there's a huge, huge value in it that a lot of you have proven. So if you start the week when you're in a good headspace by setting out and doing the things that you say you're going to do. So going and do a good food shop and um, preparing your meals for the week. It's a kind of form of self-love, um, which is really powerful. And that just gives you the confidence for the rest of the week that you've already done what you've said you're going to do. It reduces your decision fatigue throughout the week. So actually, when other things crop up, so you might be at a work event where there's no good food, you might feel a bit stuck or exhausted. Just just have no brain capacity, basically, to make good choices. And um, when you've prepared your meals for the week, it's really, really helpful because it just means you don't have to think about it. So that's that's something I would recommend everyone does, really, even if it's just breakfast, even if it's just lunch. One hour on a Sunday. It just gives you such a good start to the week. And it also, as Shannon's pointed out, gives you um, quite a lot of freedom in terms of food budgeting. So lots of people think healthy eating's really expensive. And actually, as soon as you stop buying food on the run, you actually save a lot of money. So when you go out to buy a sandwich, probably a soft drink, or even healthy sushi, things like that. Oh gosh, don't even get me started on the sushi. So in Australia, um, something I will circle back to is 
we we saw a lot more places than I would usually do living in Cromwell, but it did take me back to kind of city life and all the quote unquote healthy options um, that you can get your hands on. A lot of people go to a sushi shop, get six or eight pieces of sushi and think they're making a great choice. Actually, when you look at it, the majority of sushi is rice. A lot of the fish or seafood in the sushi, which you consider healthy, is deep fried. So one deep fried prawn surrounded by rice in some, seafood, <laughs> in some seaweed paper. All you're really doing is hitting your bloodstream with a hell of a lot of glucose in the form of rice and deep fried flour. Um, so that's something to consider. The only thing I actually touch at a sushi shop is sashimi. So that's just the salmon or tuna by itself. Um, and I think that's a really important message to remember that things may say they're healthy. You may consider sushi healthy more broadly because of where it's come from or because of what we've been told. But things like sushi, things like bliss balls or protein balls um, that are full of nuts and seeds and say they're packed with protein. If they say that on the packet, generally don't listen to it. It might even be in a cafe. There might be some gluten-free, keto, vegan treats. Um, bear in mind, it's still a treat. And it has something that's been processed into that form rather than meat, eggs or veggies that you would buy and eat with relative processing. So just a note on eating out. The other couple of things that Shannon noted she mentioned that she wasn't hungry when she started the plan for the first couple of weeks, which was amazing. But as soon as week three to four hit and she hadn't done her food shopping, there was all sorts of challenges. So like work events where there were no, quote, good options. Um, and then some ladies bringing some the senior citizens across the road, dropping off meringues to the office, which she joked was pretty sure a direct sabotage. Um, but often when things are cooked for us, especially by senior citizens, let's be honest, it's hard to say no, because it is a form of love for them. And they're trying to share their love through food. And that's very common in a number of cultures. Some cultures, it's rude to finish your dinner because you actually, it shows the host that you haven't been given enough. So very interesting to think about that. And I think whether it's a work event, someone's gifted you some food or cooked for you, it's always really, really important to just remember that actually you have a choice. You have a choice, you're in control and your health is ultimately your responsibility. And I really like that I've had a message from Shannon after the article actually saying that now she's got the tools, she's really, really excited to get back on track. So that's a really important message and that's where I'm going to go with a delicious dessert. So once you've got the tools, you kind of know them, you know them. So. You can be a little bit more freer than normal. So although some of the things I did on holiday were an incredible reminder of actually how rubbish um, overeating can make you feel, 
Um, I did it with the knowledge that I was there for a short time, not a long time, and it was enjoyable. It was different. And I know the path back. Like, I know the path back, like the back of my hand. So that's really, really powerful in terms of boosting your confidence in all sorts of situations, whether that's a work situation, whether it's a dinner out with friends or colleagues, whether it's a holiday. So all these sorts of situations with a lot of external variables where your nutrition feels like it's out of your control. It's really important to just remember that once you know, you've got the tools to get back. With that in mind, we've launched a few bite-sized guides online just before I went away, um, which lots of you are really enjoying. So that's exciting. Um, to give you a little bit of insight into how you can work with me and why I brought these guides out, one-on-one um, -on -one coaching starts at about $1,695. That's a fully tailored program for a few weeks and you can choose between three, six and 12 weeks. Our nutrition consultations, which are 90 minutes, are 395. And that's absolutely fine for most of you because you get so much out of it. The value and the knowledge that you get out of fully understanding your body and your nutrition um, is powerful, it's life-changing. So when you look at that as versus the cost of a few weeks of takeaway, um, it's, not, it's not really too much, but I am mindful that a lot of you might go, God, what does she actually know? Is it going to work for me? It's a bit scary investing that much, which is why I brought out um, our Body Reset Transformation Guides. So based on all my one-on-one -on -one work, they are guides that you can buy online and work through yourself. So these come with my message support. And again, they've been a huge success recently, like so many of you doing so well. Um, and it, yeah, really does make me happy, all the incredible feedback I've had. So please do keep that coming and keep up the good work for anyone currently working through one of those plans. Again, these plans offer huge value because they give you the tools, gosh, that I've built up through years and years of study um, of the geographies of obesity, consumption spaces, holistic nutrition, looking at all aspects of life, 100 different dietary theories, my own health journey, and gosh, probably well over 150 one-on-one -on -one clients by this stage as I'm speaking. So it's the tools that we know work compressed into a guide for you that you can work through. And they come with um, weekly meal and movement planners as well. So it's all kind of done for you. Again, just to take that mental, mental drain out of questioning things, just having a framework that you know works can be really powerful. And to bring it back down a level, even from that, even, even signing up to another three, six or 12 week transformation could be a bit intimidating for a lot of you. So I've launched three bite-side guides online. So one of them, as I just touched on with Shannon, is a meal prep guide. So why you meal prep, the psychology behind it, and how it kind of sets you up for success. The second guide 
is our body transformation recipe book, which a lot of you get a hell of a lot out of by itself. So you might not need or feel like you need a weekly guide or a huge amount of information. You might simply just want some inspiration for healthy recipes. Our third guide, which I'm going to run through today, is our five-step fat loss framework. And I'll run this through with you um, based on mine and Shannon's stories to put it in some good context for you and how it can help. So to give away a little bit, the first key point in our fat loss framework is mindset. So even the most healthy and delicious, um, you know, food plans, meal plans, incredible exercise plans all come unstuck if you're not ready to welcome being a fit and healthy person into your identity. And for a lot of us, that can be really uncomfortable. Like if we felt on the back foot, um, like it's not acceptable to prioritize ourselves, it feels really, really uncomfortable to go, actually, I'm going to prioritize me for once and become a fit and healthy person. So the first step is getting your head in the game. It's sitting down and understanding your why. So your first why might be so that your clothes fit better, so that you feel more confident. It might be um, health risks that you want to improve on. So our plans do help you deal with issues like cholesterol, high blood sugar. Gosh, I even had a lovely lady the other day mention that her joint pain had gone. So there's some seriously medical benefits, but you need to understand your why. And as Ben touched on in the podcast last week, that can be being able to play with your children. That's what's really important is getting to your deeper why. So being able to play with your kids, your grandkids, be a better partner, be a better friend. And as soon as you start to build confidence in yourself, that all tends to fall into place. So moving on to number two, habits. And habits is a really interesting one. So as Shannon touched on with the food shopping, she got into a rhythm, she prepped her meals, she was sorted and she felt very in control. Like I was on holiday, totally out of control at some times, but having those habits, like a black coffee in the morning, drinking a plenty of water when you first wake up and knowing what food choices to make when you go out, can be incredibly powerful and it's a theory that comes from James Clear who's the author of Atomic Habits which is a book I highly recommend you all read if you haven't already. He points out that every single habit so every tiny little minute detail um, and every choice that you make on a daily basis can either get you further towards or further away from where you want to be and I think that's really powerful so when your alarm goes off in the morning, choosing to snooze it or not. So choosing a black coffee or a caramel latte. It all becomes really simple. So prepping your meals for the week or actually going, fuck it, I'll grab something on the go. All these tiny little minute decisions that we make every day all build up to get us either where we want to be or further away from where we want to be. So if you, if your goal is to lose fat and become more confident, one of my key um, strategies I would suggest is getting educated. So stop floundering around. I mentioned it in the podcast last week again, but you can't scroll yourself healthy. 
stop scrolling, put down your phone, buy a guide if you like, or just stop and learn. Talk to someone in the know and get things in order so that you can start to build some really healthy habits. They can be really, really simple. So just changing your breakfast to start with. So start with one thing and build from there. In the guide, we've got a habit tracker, which is really, really powerful. So a lot of a lot of the habits that we do that don't really serve us, we don't even know. Um, so when we start to write them down, it acts like quite a good mirror. Number three, and this is, again, where Shannon felt a little bit uncomfortable, um, environment design. It's really, really powerful. So Shannon's got a few challenges. So she's living between two different houses in two different parts of Otago. Um, the other thing that comes into environment design is our workplace. So a lot of us don't feel able to take breaks at work or go out for a walk in our lunch break. And I think what was so uncomfortable for Shannon and many of my clients is I was just acting like a really annoying, dirty mirror. I think she knows that she works too much and she knows that um, work takes a lot of out of her in terms of energy and what she feels she can and can't do. So I don't want to put words into her mouth, but I know that from designing my own environment where I am able to go out for a walk at lunchtime, I, at home, am pretty good with what's in my cupboards, apart from the kids' fruit loops, which everyone questions me about. But they're something that I don't even consider putting near my mouth. But in general, if you, um, you know, have triggers that you know, if you buy a jar of nut butter that's technically quite good or nut butter and apple, delicious snack, but actually half the jar has gone after a couple of days, question whether or not you actually need that in your house. So just starting to think about your, your environment design and working from inwards out. So focusing on yourself and your surrounding environment. So your kitchen, your pantry, you're in control of what's what's in that environment. Then start to look a little bit broader. So work, what can you control on a daily basis at work? Can you start to get out for a lunchtime walk or even better a walk before you start work? So that by the time you get to your desk, you feel like you've had your own time and you have the capability to give rather than just giving and giving and giving without having any time for yourself. So that's hugely important. Environment design is massive. And as I mentioned a lot during this podcast, consumption spaces are enormous. So noting the consumption spaces around you and whether or not they might serve you well. So if you know that every time you go and get a coffee, you tack on a muffin to that, or if you know when you go out for work, lunches, you go to places where there aren't ideal choices, just being really mindful and cognizant of that because you can usually ask for tweaks and changes on the menu that'll make most things okay. Um, or if it means suggesting a different place, just bearing in mind how much responsibility you have for your own um, food and movement environment. Fourth, movement. And I've got a little stat in the guide here that I'll give away. Around 80% of the fat that we burn is through our breath. 
So you might think, oh God, she's going to again tell me I need to take up running. And that's definitely not the case. So contrary to, I suppose, uh, stigma from the 90s that, you know, you just go for a run and it undoes a bad diet or you go for a run to punish yourself because you've eaten something. I probably spent about a decade doing that and then going, it's okay to eat the giant bowl of pasta and have a chocolate bar because I went for a run this morning. Um, and I can tell you, it really doesn't work. So 80% um, of your fat being burnt through breath is generally from daily movement outside of a one hour workout, which is just about 5% of your day. So the more steps you can do, they say 10,000. That's an interesting stat actually on holiday, although I was eating a ton and racked up nearly 20,000 steps throughout the day most days so um just bearing in mind can you walk places can you go out for a walk before work can you go out for a lunchtime walk could you go out for a walk before or after dinner just trying to up your daily movement in a place where so many of us are sedentary in our daily lives can make an absolutely massive difference i'll let you into a little secret here that i actually went to the gym on holiday um, we, Scott and I were um, terrible and we did have a slightly working honeymoon because we both own our own businesses and it is quite tricky to 100% switch off when you don't have uh, currently any PAs or any team members to fall back on. So Scott would do a little bit of work in the morning and I went to F45 in Malulabar. So shout out to those guys. They were absolutely lovely met the owners, met another couple of lovely people who were there gymming in the morning. And I went for 45 minutes. I was back in my hotel room or in our apartment before 10am after a relaxing morning coffee and beach stroll. So 45 minutes and I felt absolutely incredible for the rest of the day. And it took the pressure off having to make Scott walk up a hill with me or do anything else that you might not want to do. Um, and I think that was a really, really good reminder for me that I could have gone, nah, that's too hard. I'm not going to go to the gym while I'm on holiday. And I'm sure lots of friends go, oh, you're mad. You went to the gym while you're on holiday. And it's those sorts of comments from people that can actually be really unhelpful. And I think a crucial aspect getting back to mindset is getting to a place where you just don't care what other people think. So I knew that going to the gym when I go twice or three times made me feel so good and so golden for the rest of the day. It was so worth doing, like 45 minutes, less than an hour. Um, so bearing in mind how you can move your day. And even if you don't have time for a 45 minute workout, three 15 minute walks spaced throughout the day, especially if you're injured, it's a really, really good way to just get that movement up. Last but not least, nutrition. So this is obviously one of my favorite topics, but I will canvas that what Shannon and myself have both probably just outlined in her article and this podcast is that without all the other aspects, this all kind of turns to custard. It's important to remember that everything we put in our mouths on a daily basis goes into building our body, which I think is such an incredible thing to remember. So 
focusing on plate design, which is included in the guide, portion size, and for most of you, rebalancing your macronutrients. So that's obviously a huge um, part of the programs that I work through and the guides. And I think if you don't understand what a macronutrient is, get in touch with me. <laughs> but um, it's definitely important to understand. And it's also really important to start um, understanding portion size and what your body needs. A lot of um, ladies recently have gone, oh, I'm eating all the protein in the world. I'm really, really full and I'm not losing weight. <laughs> and at that point, you've got to go, okay, this is working. I'm full. I'm feeling really good and everyone's feeling amazing. But actually, somewhere in between there, the portion control might still be a little bit off. So always listening to your body, making sure you've got a good amount of fuel so you've got good energy, but without being over full. I think is a really, really important aspect. And what another thing that keeps coming up is, you know, what, once you've got these tools, once you know, it can be quite easy to lose fat long term. Like you meet, might regain a little bit of it on holiday or after a couple of work days or a little, yeah, bit of time away from the norm. And that's okay. That's absolutely okay. But once you've got these nutrition tools, that you know will enable you to um, reduce your overall calorie intake without feeling deprived and lose fat in the process, it's a really, really nice place to be. What was the last thing I was going to say? I suppose I should let you into one of the keys to a lot of our programs, which is um, that even very intelligent and very well-informed people come to me and they go, I don't eat that many carbs. I don't eat that much processed food. And actually, when you look at your day, you're eating a couple of slices of gluten-free bread, some rice crackers, maybe the odd bagel, and maybe some sushi. I'm really hating on sushi this episode, aren't I? Um, but once you stack those up throughout the day, it is a hell of a lot of glucose hitting your bloodstream. So if you are curious and if you do think you eat pretty well, but you're not quite sure, it's maybe worth um, a consultation or just a chat. Um, feel free to flick me a message on Facebook or Instagram um, and I can try and answer your questions. I think that's it for today, guys. Gosh, 34 minutes. I've ranted on for a bit longer than I planned, um, but hopefully that's been helpful. And if you have any questions at all on any of our bite-sized guides, which are they're just $69 um, on the website, and you can use code SAVE20 to get $20 off. Um, yeah, any further questions at all, feel free to get in touch and I will see you next time. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Lifestyle Design Secrets podcast. If you've enjoyed what you've heard, please do stop and take two seconds to subscribe and leave us a review. It means the world to us. If you are curious about working with us or checking out our new bite-sized guides or our full body reset transformation programs, please do head on over to our website, which is www 
amysfitnessandnutrition.co.nz. Have a great day.